0: Petersfield's Shine Radio.
1: This is Talking Books, presented by Susie Wilde and Tim O'Kelly.
0: I'm Susie Wilde, reader, writer, and very shortly, Wild Swimmer in Wild Wales.
2: Sounds fantastic. I'm Tim O'Kelly of One Tree Books, and uh, this is sort of back-to-school edition. I'm not sure we're <laughs> going to talk about um, textbooks, but it's... Or concrete. Um, no, but it's that time of year, isn't it? Yeah,
0: it feels like it. So, Tim, and you... I'm would... sure
2: the roof is absolutely sound, don't Susie. <laughs> <laughs> Although it is concrete, but I'm sure it'll be, it'll be fine.
0: If there's a loud crash, listener, you know what's happened. I'll scream. So, Tim, you were just saying, I'm, I'm going to... Because my family all come from Pembroke Dock, so I'm going up by Fishguard, where they actually filmed Under Milk Wood. Fantastic.
2: Fantastic. Um, is, it, is it Larn? Oh, is it, well done. There? Yes, it's it exactly where, Larn. Yeah, Dylan, where Dylan Thomas. Thomas comes from. I've been there. It's, it's, it's a really nice, beautiful part of the world. And... Uh, we used to go camping there for years with the children when they were when they were little, um, and it is a lovely, really beautiful part of the world.
0: Brilliant, I love it, and it makes me feel always like the famous Five and the Castle of Adventure and, oh, and, and things like that. So make sure you take lashings of ginger beer, <laughs> and you'll be fine. <laughs> and bake some cake. Great. Right. Well, I really enjoyed having the conversations with two guests in the past two editions, but it's back to normal this month, and it, you're on your own, Tim, because I'm in indeed. Wales.
2: Yes. No, I'm I'm going to have the the pleasure. Of talking with Claire Fuller, um, we haven't we haven't done that yet. So, um, but back back to today. Let's talk with what you've been reading, Susie. What okay. have you been up to? As usual, Tim. So
0: I'm going to start with the Marriage Portrait by Maggie O'Farrell, which I think was one of the books that the paperbacks that you heralded had come in.
2: Yeah, no, it's. I mean, he, she is uh, one of those authors that uh, people go 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 wild about. She's. Um, I mean, partly the success of Hamlet, but partly the success of a whole oeuvre yes. of of books. You know, she's written, I don't know how many books she's written, but she's, she seems to uh, write a different book each time, yes. which is always a great thing about... Um, some authors write the same book again and again and again. Yeah. And some books, some authors really uh, branch out and, and tackle whole new subjects and whole new areas, and I think she's one of
0: those. Well, her breakout was definitely Hamlet, wasn't yeah. it, really? Yeah. So, because people... She reminded me, in a way, not the style of writing, of Hilary Mantel, who also kept writing in lots of different genres and yeah. being very undervalued because of that, I think.
2: Well, yes, it's interesting that... that, um, that Traditionally, historical writing has been undervalued, and and yet with Hamlet and with and with this book, True. she's she's sort of broken free. So, so I think that, that's that's really positive. Um, i particularly like some of her old books. Actually, I, I think she, um, I Hamlet. I'm not sure. I am not sure it was. I could see how I could see how the moments of real brilliance in the writing, but um, overall, I didn't I didn't I didn't go crazy about the whole no, book.
0: No, no, me. In but, fact, um, I gave up. I have to say it was... Well, I didn't, didn't give up. Finish, goodness is, me.
2: I know. So, see, that, that's, I know. Uh,
0: but I had so much else coming in. And we've uh, said before, books also exist in what's going on in your in the reader's world yeah. at that moment. But, and the,
2: but I also think, although I was, uh, was being a bit flippant about you about you putting it down, <laughs> I do think it's important if you're reading a book and it's not doing it for you, um, that you should put it down and you should say, well, actually, there are, there are, there are millions more books mm. I could be reading. Mm. And I'm sorry... Um, Maggie, but I'm going to put this put this one side, and um, and get on with something
0: else. But you can always go back to it. So if you go back. if you can appreciate that it's well written, but not for you, it might just not be for you at that moment. And that's then a come very back. Very
2: fair point. Uh, it, it's it, sometimes life is, is is very busy, and you can't mm. get really stuck into to some some serious reading. Yeah. And you think, well, okay, I'll just I'll just pick up something nice and easy, something that feels very comfortable. And I'll get on with that. And mm. that's you know just as valuable. It's just, it's just as interesting to have a, a broad range of books that you're reading. But sometimes, yeah, you're right. Sometimes it's just not quite the right men. Mm.
0: Well, I'm not going to say much about it at all because it, it would sort of almost be a spoiler to even mention anything. But it's, okay. the, it's Florence Medici. But it's historical. It is historical. Set in Renaissance, Renaissance it's Renaissance Italy. It's Renaissance Italy and it's a, a young female protagonist. Um... I think the only spoiler is that That's all you're going to really say. Well, I'm just going to say that she dies and, and that Maggie O'Farrell actually says that herself. And I was actually really disappointed that I already knew that much. But this. it's just so cleverly written. I, I think we can't say... We can't, it's too much of a spoiler, that. No, it isn't. It's on the cover. Um, okay. I know, so, but
2: I... I never read the back of cover for that precise reason. <laughs> I don't want that the, my my uh, Jeopardy Jeopardy spoils. I think
0: she wants it to be because you realize it's like a why a why done it rather than a who done it and so on. It's right. it's actually is this why she died because right, it's yeah. a historical fact. But, yeah. but, but, the, but, but but the the same it's the same with Hamlet is that
2: is oh, that yeah. we knew at the beginning of the book um, that Hamlet is going to die. Mm. And uh, for me, that, that that really got in my head. I didn't, oh, no. I didn't like that. I oh, didn't no. like that at all. No, I agree. Um, and you know, when when in the um, in Hildrimantel's trilogy, Wolf Hall trilogy, um, I knew what was going. I sort yes. of knew what was going to happen, but I had a sort of like a cognitive dissonance. I decided <laughs> I wasn't going to really think about it and pretend I didn't know. Yes, uh, because I really did not want to to lead up to that moment because it's it's such a. Uh, a crashing moment when you've, you've read, I don't know how many thousand pages of of, of <laughs> um, her, her sparkling, beautiful prose, but you know what the end is going to be. Yeah. Uh, and that's the problem with... with with stories that are based in in reality. Well,
0: in a similar vein, to deal quickly with Reconstruction by Mick Herron, it's one of his not-slow-horses, not the Sloan House lot series. Um, And although it's entirely fictional, you are, and I really won't spoil this, um, you you have an inkling of the way it's going to pan out by the end. It also defies one of my... Let's call it ridiculous rules of writing. It's here, it is in the head of lots of different points of view characters. Right, but you because it's a thriller, it it's almost necessary, and you don't know who's good, who's bad, what's actually going to happen. There is reversal all the way through. Your expectations are just thrown the whole time. Yeah,
2: no, I, I like that. I mean, I like being being messed with yeah. to a certain extent, as long as, a it's, as long as it's fair, you know, yes. you can't, you can't, um,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> so it, if you, if you do turn things around, it's got, it's got to have be, it's like those rules of, of yes. crime fiction, isn't it? Yes. That, that uh, the, the Agatha Christie style rules that is that it's got to be possible to work out what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you need to have some hints early, early on in yeah. the text that tell you that, that signpost, if you're, if you want to look for those signposts, um, what, where, where are you going? Well,
0: you can see that it's classic misdirection, but he's also playing with our own prejudices, and I really like that having yeah. things that you don't think you possess but entirely found out,
2: exposed. Mm. I think that, I think that sounds like a cracking. It's read good, out,
0: and too. it's it's got his slightly well, not slightly, very droll sense of humour.
2: Yeah, it's very dry. His sense mm. of humour, and, I, mm. and the the slou in the Slough house books, which are the ones I've read. I haven't read haven't read this one. Um, there, there is that, you know, sort of tongue-in-cheek uh, mm. aspect which I, which I really enjoy about his well, style. Well, this
0: is—it's been reprinted in America, and don't be put off by the cover. It is the worst cover I think I've seen in my life. It's right. a very, very drab, monotone.
2: Right, but the but the but the prose isn't. The prose is not. Fantastic.
0: So, very quickly, um, I will just skate through what I'm going to take to Wales because one of the things I absolutely love about a holiday where I'm told it probably will rain halfway through the week um, is to sit down with loads of books. So I'm going to read Death Comes to Marlowe by Robert Thorogood because I want something that's just a really easy.
2: Did you read the, Is that the second one? In that's this the series.
0: second. And and did you did, read the first? One? I did read the first.
2: And it must be good, otherwise you wouldn't be reading well, the second.
0: Well, in its way, again, right. it's it's completely cosy crime this is the guy um for those who who didn't listen last time um robert thurgood wrote death in paradise so it's exactly that it's well-rounded characters actually and he i think originated interesting older people so if you love richard osmond you totally love these Also, I'm taking A World of Curiosities by Louise Penny. This is the Inspector Gamache writer who I'm obsessed with Gamache. We'll see what it's like. And um, I'm going to leave So Late in the Day by Claire Keegan because it's really a short story. And I'm going to do a reading from it later, my usual excerpt bit. So um, I won't say much about that. Um... So and uh, that old black magic by Kathy Unsworth. Do Which you know? know?
2: No, I don't know.
0: Um, and I don't know at all yet. And it's exactly one I want to take because she she's got a huge following, and I'd never heard of her before. But they're sort of a mix of um. Noir crime and supernatural. So this is a a coven of witches trying to alter, I think, alter the events of World War Two. And it starts in nineteen forty one. But there's also a murder and things involved. So wow. I'll give her a whirl. Yeah,
2: give it a go. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never been a bit. Well, I don't know. Maybe sort of the black magic sort of stuff is not normally my cup of tea. But you know,
0: who knows? Try anything. Yeah. Well, and and to be awful about it, I take these books I'm not sure about on holiday with me, because if I love them, great. If I don't, I'll leave them in the holiday. But cottage. also, you've
2: got you've got a bit more space, I think, in your head when you're away, True. and you can uh, you know you can get you can get stuck into books that otherwise you might find a bit challenging because you've got that extended time to read them. In our yeah. busy lives, it's quite, sometimes it's quite hard to find you know a couple the the the, the hours that are required. Yeah. To, to get under the skin of a of a of a perhaps a more tricky book.
0: Oh, when I'm writing, and I won't be writing on holiday, I'm nervous about which particular books because I absolutely don't want anything that's too similar to get in my head.
2: Absorbing strange styles. So it's like listening to, I suppose like like composers listening to <laughs> listening to music, isn't it? You don't yeah. want, you've got to be very careful, or otherwise you mm. oh, I've got this brilliant riff, it's fantastic, yeah. and then you find uh-uh, it was uh, it's actually um, my Mozart. sweet lord, that I've been listening to or it's, or it's, it's, it's most like that's. Fun. Fine, but if it's if it's um, George Harrison, well, George Harrison's probably okay. He's he's not around anymore. But but if you but you've got to be you've got to have got to be careful, haven't you? And I think that's what I think the number of uh, people have come up unstuck.
0: Yes, it's true. So over know? to you, Tim. What have you been
2: reading recently? Well, I um, following on from from talking to Greg last month, I've been having a go at Murder at Church House, oh. which I'm enjoying. But it's it's one of a number of books I'm reading because I te- I've seen I've seen been it quite hard to concentrate this month but had a lot going on yeah and um been very busy so i i haven't um it's got as stuck into my reading as i as i might otherwise i picked up a copy of uh wellington by elizabeth long phillips I that's I an old book my dad's so i must have picked up from somewhere and um i started reading it and found it absolutely fascinating oh. so you know it's, it's funny what you um, haven't by no means finished it or, or even got very far in it but it's just really interesting to do something completely different True. um and the, the novel I've been reading, um, got I really got my head into, and I'm and I'm 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 three quarters the way through is Demon Copperhead by ah. Barbara Kingsolver. Um So I don't know if you know about this, book. Like, I
0: know, yeah. But maybe the listeners don't. But also, what I do know is very marmitey.
2: Right. Well, it's basically the, it's the David Copperfield story. Those of you who are familiar with your with your Dickens will remember. Remember it as one of his perhaps most loved books, actually, David Copperfield, because it's very autobiographical. It's what it's it's the experiences that he had, um, which were tough. Uh, there's no question about that. Um, and what he's what what she has done, Barbara Kingsolver, is to transpose this to the to the Appalachian Mountains in in uh, on sort of the eastern seaboard of of America, which is uh, I said not the seaboard actually, because he's he, Point, one of the things about the book is he never sees the ocean and he, oh. he's always desperate to see the ocean but but it's it's set in the mountains um, of Tennessee and Kentucky around there and uh, where the people who live there are at the very very bottom of the heap they are you know referred to by people as, as trailer trash and white trash um, and she explains in the, in the book what's of course what's happened to these communities is that um, uh, there was coal in these in the then their hills and and so they they got these people, and they they made sure that there was no other work for anybody to do. So they wouldn't they bought the land and wouldn't let anybody set up mills or any any competing. Um, they bought all the farms, so people can work on the farms. And so the only work that was possible was was down the mines. Um, and they mined the place to to, to to pieces. And when they couldn't get any more mining done, they uh, when labour became a bit more expensive they they got machines in and then they blew the tops off mountains and and took them out took the coal oh, out that dynamiting. way but what basically what happened is there was no other work for anyone to do so basically this community has is almost completely unemployed there's nothing for them to do um and it's uh, so there's huge poverty and what follows that is the is this terrible drugs crisis that they've had in in that part of the world where um these
0: Is this the opioids? Fentanyl. Opioid. And yeah, that's okay. right.
2: Fentanyl and and oxy, oxycontin. Contin. Uh mm. And these these uh, really really powerful painkillers, which were prescribed for everybody when they've got a sore leg or whatever, and and with the result that there's massive um, addiction problems, and a huge huge mortality rate. I mean, some, huge numbers of people have died. So anyway, that's and she wanted to write this book about about this the, the opioid crisis. And thought, well, who's going to want to read it? Because yeah. it's going to be too downbeat and too grim. So she, she sort of hit upon She'd just been, I think she'd just read David Copperfield again or something. And thought, I know, this is, this is the structure for this book. So it's actually telling the story of this boy. He's known as Deben Copperhead rather than David Copperfield. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it, and it's seen through his eyes um, and is it
0: contemporary? She she's the
2: structure. It's of David about twenty or? years ago.
0: Oh, okay. So
2: it's not quite contemporary, but it's right. it's modern. Right. Um, and uh, she does. Uh, she just makes it incredibly interesting, and um, she tells a great story. And it is this up up and down right. story of you know he things go well and then they go badly and then they go well they go badly, um, and uh, which is the same sort of idea as as, mm. as, the, mm. as the Dickens. Um, and it it is quite tough reading at times. I won't I won't pretend it isn't. It is it is it isn't all um And it
0: shouldn't easy. be. No,
2: should because it? it's um, a gritty subject. Gritty yeah, off subject.
0: Yeah.
2: But uh definitely worth a read.
0: She was a tutor when I went on Iceland writing retreat. She was one of the first tutors that I had on my first visit there and she was such a good tutor. She right. spoke so intelligently and inspiringly about structure and so on.
2: Well I think um I mean, one, just refer, refer ref, referencing is the word. Your comment earlier about multiple narrators. I mean, one of, perhaps her, her most famous and best known book is the Poisonwood Bible, um, which is about a family in a family of uh, in Africa, where the father is a is a um, missionary, and um, American missionary, and he wants to convert the, the the locals, and he wants to also bring all his American ways in terms of his. Seeds and things, uh, and of course it. You don't need to need tell it, it's gonna. This is not gonna go well. <laughs> not gonna end well. Uh, and but what he does, what she does is she she takes different members of the family have their stories, and so there's a chapter on one, one and then a chapter on another, and again what she does brilliantly is they're all very distinct. That you can you can really tell the the, the voice of each of these sisters. Um, is is really clearly um, brought out. So that was I think that's one that was the book, as I say, that, that she's mm. perhaps best known for. Mm. Her. I mean, I particularly enjoyed another one of hers called *Prodigal Summer*. Um, again, fun enough set in the Appalachians, but not not about about rural poverty, but but uh, just a really lovely story actually. And then since then, I I think maybe mm. she's got a bit. She's got a bit. Uh, well, I haven't enjoyed her books as much since since between *Prodigal Summer* and this. And uh, I was wondering whether that was me, or whether uh, again we've talked about, but it's, whether it's I just haven't got the the right, mm. it's not right the right time for me, or or whether she was going through uh, a a bit of a, mm, I thought uh, you know a bit of a messy, uh, I don't know what's the word her 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 writing brain seemed to have got a bit uh, short of stories good stories, and I think I think what you need as a writer is not just be able to write brilliantly obviously that's that's but you need to have a good story to tell. You do. And I think that Prodigal Summer and Poison of the Bible were both great stories. Mm. And then she just went a bit adrift mm. and she's come back to a great story again. So oh, her, well,
0: that's interesting. I might try. All her like skills are now,
2: are now um, yeah. you know, on, on show again. And so, you know, that's the fact good. that she can write really well and she can tell this great stories. So.
0: Excellent. So what have we got coming up, Tim?
2: Well, of course, this time of year is the best time of year for new books. There's so much coming out. Um, so I've p- picked a very few to talk about, but there's lots of great stuff coming out. Um, the first one I wanted to talk about is a book called Light over Liscard, um, which is by Louis de Bernier, one of my one of my all-time favourite writers. I think I've followed his progress right the way through from from um, about 1990 when his first book came out, um, and I was involved in publishing that that first book. Where were so you? I feel I feel is that, that uh, Captain
0: Corelli was no that way repo? before
2: Captain Corelli. Oh, it was, was the it? War of Don Emmanuel's Nether Parts.
0: Oh my God! Uh, which
2: is his first book in 1990, which is the first of a trilogy. The second was the Don Vivo and the Coca Lord, and the third was the, the Troublesome Offspring of Cardinal Guzman. Um, so they, they he, good he, 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 memory. He liked, he liked his titles. He was funky. He's, he's gone quite light on this one. There's three words: Light over list card. Um It's. I haven't read it. I'm looking forward to it. It's about a scientist who who leaves London for Cornwall um, because he believes a crisis is imminent. Um, and he meets a range of increasingly bizarre characters in the in the country, and um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's it's a bit a bit of satire and a bit of this and a bit of that. Um, but he's a great storyteller, mm. and he's got a he's got a wonderful way of expressing himself. I I mm. think mm-hmm. so. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so that's that's light over Liscard. There's a new biography of Lawrence of Arabia. Now you may think, well, there's, there's been there's been hundreds <laughs> of those. Um, and um, he's someone that people really you know hear or worship or uh, or, 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 or are not. obsess about or yeah. not, as the case may be uh, but it's what's interesting is he's written by Ranulph Fiennes.
0: oh yes.
2: who uh, also inspires a bit sort of fairly mixed perhaps mixed mixed emotions about about him, but uh, he's certainly somebody that understands uh, a life uh, of perhaps extreme asceticism or whatever i'm not sure how quite how you describe them you know where you you don't actually mind being frozen to death or or boiled alive in the in the desert um he he's very you know happy doing that so perhaps he will he will bring something level of understanding to and to, he writes
0: well i he think he does write well Level r- to clearly, lots. yeah yeah i went skiing time for an anecdote I skied with Ranulph Fines.
2: Did it? Was this, Fiennes, was it, Fiennes, was this, was this at the, the North Pole or something? Or, <laughs>
0: I wish. Or, no. But it's actually about him rather than me because I found this absolutely fascinating that he had just come back from one of his major expeditions and he couldn't walk. It was one of the ones where he cut his so own toes off frost, or something. Frostbite. It was frostbite. Oh, I mean, goodness. absolutely right. horrendous. He looked ill, but he. His determination was such and his love of skiing is that he had some special moped-y thing that would get him into situ and he skied magnificently wow. until then he couldn't walk again when he got down at the bottom of the hill and I thought not for uh, me love absolutely. as my mum would say
2: no I think um yeah I, I it, yeah the whole thing just fills me with with horror the whole idea of of uh, Cutting your toe off, oh. but you know, well, no, not just that, but just going, going, the whole thing, uh, going to the South Pole and and all the privations that you you yeah. that you do, you do to do that. But uh, but, well, somebody's got to do it anyway. I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm more more his one of his cousins. I think you know the the um, the writer, the other writer, was it William William finds I'm not William sure. William uh, Who, who likes who likes going looking at looking at birds? So I think I, you know that's <laughs> yeah. possibly, possibly even more, that's too much for really, me on a chilly day. Um, and just to go completely different, uh, there's a new Mary Berry out, and oh. I thought we don't often talk about cookbooks on this, no. but they're books, uh, and um, it's called Mary makes it, it makes it easy. And the point of the book is is what it says on the tin. So it's a lot of one pot meals, uh, a lot of the meals with only five ingredients, um, some easy bakes, and some store cupboard favourites. I mean, I'm not sure what what is going to be new in it because um, she's been writing books for, for donkeys yeah. years now. Um, but maybe it, maybe it will. Maybe it'll be interesting and exciting. But it certainly it certainly caught my interest. Is it I aimed thought, at students
0: or people who
2: can't cook? Or... Well, I suppose it's 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 as we get less and less skilled at cooking, uh, we we spend more and more time watching
0: yes, <laughs> people on television cooking. Yeah,
2: uh, but we get less and less skilled at it, and. Uh, more and more dependent on on sort of uh, ready meals and things. It's actually quite nice to have a a that is simple and straightforward. Um, and so I think you know I think that that'll be will be really interesting. And um, she's got she's got bags of charm, Mary. I think it'll be it'll be it should be it should be fine. That um, should be really interesting. That. And the last book I wanted to mention is, I'm afraid, from a rival podcast. Oh, Tim! I know, it... it uh... This is actually meant to be the best. The, not the best. It's the it's the most listened to podcast. The rest is history. It's ah. in, now it's not the one with Rory Stewart and Alastair Campbell. That's the rest is politics. Oh right, um, right. which is also hugely mm. hugely popular. And of course, actually now that I think about it, Rory Stewart's just got a, a book It's just come out.
0: I wanted about, to buy it well, today. it's
2: not quite out yet, I'm afraid. No. But this is it, which is his his take on on politics and. Uh, I think it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, he's such an interesting character. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with everything that he has to say.
0: But that's even but, better, isn't absolutely, it? Absolutely.
2: Yeah. No, I don't necessarily want to agree with it. With and he his holds the whole no time.
0: punches, apparently.
2: Well, I think that he's um, he's quite rude about some of his ex colleagues. <laughs> Um, not surprisingly, you may you may say because he did have some pretty awful <laughs> colleagues, Mister Mister Johnson. Oh, sorry. Careful. Uh, and um, <laughs> Doctor Johnson. But anyway, I'm not really ta- I'm not meant to be talking about the no this other podcast that you don't really want to listen to anyway. But the rest is history um, book. Uh, so they've done an official book based on um, lots of interesting anecdotes and stories from history, and I think that um, the two guys, uh, Tom Holland and Dominic Sandberg, they, they do they do. They are a great double act actually. They do they do really well. And um, although I get a bit I get a bit irritated from time to time when they try and shoehorn their adverts in um, by speaking about things that they're talking about. Oh, we're staying in this hotel which I'm gonna talk about, you know, that sort of thing. Um, We've well, got to
0: pay for it somehow. Uh, yeah, I've got to pay for
2: it somehow. Um, but we don't have
0: any It's acts. because you give me so many backhanders, <laughs> Tim.
2: <laughs> exactly. So the the rest is history. Um I think it's going to be a really interesting book, and I think it, it'll appeal to the people who enjoy enjoy the podcast. And I mean, Dominic has written several um, children's books, actually very good children's books, um, oh. recently, and they're all coming out and paperback. Which so that'll be that'll be fun to, to sell those as well. But
0: what's the book about? I mean,
2: what... well, I think it's it's looking at all sorts of things throughout history, sort of interesting little bits that they're interested in. Oh, okay.
0: Uh,
2: and telling telling stories basically, which is what history is is telling stories. I mean, yes, that's that's. Um, that's part I'm of, part irritated,
0: of but everything's in the present tense now. Do they do that on the podcast? Uh, I don't think they do, but I've got, now you've got... Me, because, point. because, honestly, it drives me insane when you're listening on the radio and they go... And uh, and he's on his boat going so and so. And I think where where are we talking about? Oh, he was. He went on his boat on the Thames in fourteen hundred and
2: something. Well, I think it's a bit. I don't know. I, I I'm not as I'm not being a writer. I'm less phased by that sort of thing, <laughs> but um, and I don't mind a bit of bit of uh, bit of weird present tense. Um, or is it the past, historical? I don't know what I don't, tense is that. Something I never really quite got to grips with at school right. in the first place. So. It's only
0: the confusion of listening. I don't mind it so much in in writing. It's not okay. me being particularly sniffy. I genuinely get confused when I'm listening to where are we now with the present day, or where are we? Right.
2: I suppose, um, I mean, who does it? Who, I mean, Hilary Mantel did it, does it in Wolf Hall, doesn't she?
0: In Wolf Hall, she does. And, and actually, that's fine, because the whole of the book is in the present yeah, tense. Yeah. Um, it's literally no, when, it when makes you up have the tense, historians it's, okay. on the radio. And so you have somebody, the presenter very often. So Melvin Bragg, classically, will still be using the past tense. So oh. he'll say, you know, uh, and Charles the was beheaded, and so his son Charles the Second had a really bad time, didn't he, when he came to the throne? And they'll say, he comes back from France. He does. Oh, are we talking about Melvin? Who? <laughs> okay. That fair enough. Go fair on, enough. go on. What paperbacks have we got? Oh, who's that a paperback? That
2: is it. I'm That's not going to talk it. about paperbacks oh. because this is it's it's this is new, big, exciting book time of year. Well, it so, is. Um, the paperbacks—it's not a big time of year for paperbacks. They tend to come out in the summer, so there's a um, so people take them away on their holes, and, and the big books come out now, um, and then the, the the paperbacks of those big books come, you know, sort of mid middle of the summer, um, so people would take them on holes.
0: Well, Tim, I had a really nasty shock yesterday. This has put oh this into my mind. Oh dear. Um, a friend said well, she was actually talking to other author friends of mine and said Camilla, who we've had on this program kitty who we haven't your books are on one of these awful websites that have got a digital download of the book so of course she then checked and said susie your books are on there as well so all three of my books are there free in inverted commas for digital download so the authors get nothing zilch the publishers get nothing and What's even worse, because her husband works in this sort of field, which is why she was onto it, is if you click on any of the books for download. Yes, you get them, but you're also introduced. The, the danger is a lot of malware onto your system.
2: Okay, so this is so it's it's a straightforward Ill- illegal, illegal. Utterly, website.
0: utterly illegal, okay, and yeah. apparently they're proliferating. So I do yeah. warn everybody: if you love books, come to One Tree Books or somewhere you trust. Um, because otherwise if you're doing this I mean don't worry about me so much but I feel really bad that somehow I'm unwittingly getting you know it's nothing to do with me my publisher are livid the society of authors livid but every time they close one down another springs up possibly in Russia or somewhere Mm. and paying for the free downloads by whoever it is, by putting malware putting on your, the malware on your, in, your, and, and they're PPJ. presumably paying their their site for it.
2: Mm, anyway, sound good. not bad. good at
0: all. Very bad.
2: So we're very lucky today to have Claire Fuller with us. She's the prize-winning author. Of five novels and has been translated into over twenty languages, uh, as well as writing novels and short stories. She teaches writing and has also judged many writing competitions over the years. She lives in Winchester, and we are very delighted to have us with us today. Um, so, Claire, um, welcome to One Tree Books.
1: Thank you very much. Thank uh, you for having me.
2: Um, and welcome, to, welcome to the to the radio show and the podcast. <laughs> um, tell us a bit about your new book, The Memory of Animals.
1: Yeah, The Memory of Animals is uh, about a woman called Nephi who volunteers for a vaccine trial in London while there is a pandemic in the rest of the world. And she is given the vaccine and the virus and she has a very bad reaction and she's more or less unconscious for three or four days. And when she comes round, really the world has turned without her. Everything's become much, much worse and all the doctors and nurses in this clinic that she's in in London have left. There are just four other volunteers remaining. And she knows that something is slightly off, something is slightly mm. odd about them. She can't quite work out what So it we is. be
2: very careful about, about, yeah. about spoilers. Yeah, no, no, no spoilers. Um, but, Definitely uh, no yeah, spoilers. Because I, I, can assure, I can assure the reader that there is lots of twists and turns yeah. along the way, lots of... Um, Lots of suspense, really, in a kind of... But it's not just about the suspense. It's not just no. a, a, about um, what happens in the story, but what happens... To it, what she, who she is in a in, in, in much bigger way than that. And yes. there's a special way that that happens. Perhaps you could tell us about that.
1: Yes, yes. So she uses a piece of new technology called a revisitor, which obviously doesn't exist. I have invented this.
2: Well, it's a fantastic uh- <laughs> invention. I loved it.
1: <laughs> which allows her to travel back as an adult, to her previous memories, mostly when she was a child, when she was a teenager, um, and at various points in her life, and see them again through adult eyes. And so that's how we learn her backstory and how she spent a lot of time on the island of Paxos in Greece, how she tried to help her father with kind of medical stuff, and how she fell in love with octopuses
2: which is a whole other strand to the story <laughs> yeah. and again I won't, won't spoil it by talking about that but of course this, re, this revisitor doesn't just help us understand her backstory it helps Nephi in the, to understand what's been going on around her as well but that's again that's, that's later big, on in, yes. in the story um, so it's obviously inspired by the pandemic I suppose you did you write well, it during the pandemic no, or beforehand
1: before oh. so it's not oh, inspired by the pandemic right I'm actually thinking about when the, when the paperback comes out about putting an author's note in the back so to kind to. of explain yeah. <laughs> that, because people obviously assume that, obviously they would, but I started writing it in September 2019.
2: Wow, gosh. Yeah. So incredibly prescient, really. Yes,
1: it was, you know, it was like I was writing this and then it started happening in real life, which was really quite Dimey. bizarre and weird, yeah.
2: yeah. That must have felt quite strange.
1: Very strange, (laughs) and for a long time I thought, should I even carry on with this novel? Will anyone ever want to read a novel with a pandemic in it? Although I don't think it's quite what you might call a pandemic novel. It just happens to have a pandemic in it. That's for Uh, me. It's kind of a locked room mystery.
2: Yes, yeah.
1: And it's the pandemic that keeps people in this place. Yeah.
0: Rather.
2: So I suppose that's right. So it could it it could be any number of reasons why people are stuck with like like a Agatha Christie story where the the 10 people are stuck on an island or whatever it is, uh, you can... Uh, I see what you mean. So it's a, it's a device, really. Yeah, yeah. But it's, um, it
1: turned out to be... Uh, yes. What can I say? forced <laughs> or unfortunate? I'm not, I'm really not sure know. which. So, so where did the idea originally come from? It was a friend of my son's who had signed up for a thing called Flu Camp, which uh, happens in London, I think, where you can sign up for a vaccine trial for the flu. And you're paid a few thousand pounds to stay in a room in a unit in london for a couple of weeks you're given the flu vaccine the flu virus and it's just trialing that drug really right um i just thought oh what a great premise and what if somebody signs up for that while there's a pandemic yeah you know and there there i went
2: (laughs) fantastic and of course this this, the the revisitor has also has got some kind of of thing behind it where uh, it, it's a, in trial form, so it's not, it's not, it's not finalised, and that leads but, into various plot twists as yes, well, is not it? Really? Yes.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: So, what made you decide? I mean, all your novels so far have been set fair and square in the in the um, in the here and now. To go to go yeah. to go forward in time.
1: Well, there were various reasons why I what well, for the whole novel going yeah. forward. I, I guess it's well, it's kind of for me. I feel it's contemporary. It's just an alternative reality really rather than it's set in the future but but I suppose the element of speculative fiction about the revisitor makes it feel like it's kind of futuristic Mm -hmm. I don't think a revisitor will ever exist so so therefore it's kind of it's I don't feel it's set in the future but but I've always liked a kind of pandemic alternative reality novels post-apocalyptic fiction i mm-hmm. love reading
2: that stuff yeah um, so do i actually yeah. and that's why i particularly like this book and because maybe think of um last girl at the party have you, have you read that oh one? i haven't read that one uh which is about a uh, a woman who finds that she's the last person pra- practically the last person oh. alive um and um she, well you should read it because
1: yeah.
2: a similar thing happens t- towards the end of this book, I, okay. yeah, I can't explain, can't be too, be too yeah. specific until we're okay. off microphone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was thinking also the, the pest house, do you know the pest house? Probably Don't know that one either. Jim Crace, uh, um, some, some really interesting, interesting Station books. 11. Stage yeah. 11, I love that as yeah. well. Um, yeah. Emily St. John Mandel, yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's yeah. fantastic. In fact, I think she's written some really interesting books, yeah, after that as well. I
1: have um, read some, yeah. yeah, and again,
2: slightly certainly here now but but sort of almost matter-of-factly in the future as well mm. in a kind of in a kind of strange way mm. yeah great and also you've you, you came you've come to you will have come to to one tree books we're we'll here now but you'll have come to talk to our book club about your book unsettled ground yes. um which is uh i mean i say it world away but actually it's in some ways it's about it's about isolation as well um but tell us a little bit about that
1: yeah Unsettled Ground it's about uh, twins who are 51 years old Jeannie and Julius and they still live with their mother in yeah isolation in rural isolation in poverty more or less um, in Wiltshire and the book opens with the death of their mother unexpectedly and um, they find her on the kitchen floor she's had a stroke and um, they are completely unequipped for the real world. They've been living in a very kind of hand-to-mouth existence. No bank account, very little technology, no transport, very little education. And they have to survive. I, yeah. So it is, again, about isolation. I think a lot of my books are about isolation. So weekly. why do you think that is? The only thing I can kind of trace it back to, You're. I think you're probably... About my age maybe a bit younger I'm not sure but in the 70s I really loved a television programme called Survivors do mm-hmm. you remember that?
2: I do vaguely yes yeah. not, not very well
1: I was completely I was allowed to stay up late on a Wednesday night to watch this and I really loved it and it was about little pockets of, of civilization who had survived I think it was after r- rabies had kind of decimated the world And I just became completely fascinated with that kind of survivalist story.
2: Hmm. Well, I I think I am as well. So maybe I had watched it and it had a big effect on me. I'm, (laughs) I'm not sure. Okay.
0: So Tim, I'm over now into reading my extract, which is going to be from uh, the very short story "So Late in the Day" by Claire Keegan. And I think it's because the publisher really wanted her to produce something. But as you know, she crafts every sentence with such she, precision.
2: Absolutely, she is. She is a is a, a kind of um, wielder of a scalpel. I think she's not. She's not a, uh, a broad brush a person she has a very very a, a, pa- a very a paintbrush that's very very thin it's one one hair wide and so she, she does it on a very small scale but i think she's um, she's absolutely wonderful one of the, one of the, one of my favorite writers me really. too
0: me too the frontispiece is from orbard by philip larkin it stands plain as a wardrobe what we know have always known know that we can't escape yet can't accept one side will have to go. One. On Friday, July the 29th, Dublin got the weather that was forecast. All morning a brazen sun shone across Merian Square, reaching on to Cathal's desk, where he was stationed by the open window. A taste of cut grass blew in, and every now and then a close breeze stirred in the ivy on the ledge. When a shadow crossed, he looked out, a gulp of swallows skirmishing high up in camaraderie. Down on the lawns some people were out sunbathing and there were children and beds plump with flowers, so much of life carrying smoothly on despite the tangle of human upsets and the knowledge of how everything must end. Already the day felt long. When Cathal looked again at the top of the screen it read 1427... He wished now that he had gone out at lunchtime and walked as far as the canal. He could have sat on one of the benches there for a while and watched the mute swans and cygnets gobbling up the crusts and other scraps people threw down there on the water. Without meaning to, he closed the budget distribution file he'd been working on before saving it. A flash of something not unlike contempt, charged through him then, and he got up and walked down the corridor as far as the men's room, where there was no one, and pushed into a stall. For a while he sat on the lid, looking at the back of the door, on which nothing was written or scrawled, until he felt a bit steadier. Then he went to the basin and splashed water on his face and slowly dried his face and hands on the paper towel which fed automatically from the dispenser. On the way back to his desk, he stopped for a coffee, pressed the Americano option on the machine and waited for it to spill down into the cup.
2: And the last book I wanted to mention is, I'm afraid, from a rival podcast. Oh, Tim! I know, it... it uh... This is actually meant to be the best. The, not the best. It's the it's the most listened to podcast. The rest is history. It's oh. in it, now it's not the one with Rory Stewart and Alastair Campbell. That's the rest is politics. Oh right, um, okay. which is also hugely mm. hugely popular. And of course, actually now that I think about it, Rory Stewart's just got a, a book It's just come out. I wanted about, to
0: buy it well, today. it's
2: not quite out yet, I'm afraid. No. But this is it, which is his his take on on politics and. Uh, I think it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, he's such an interesting character. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with everything that he has to say.
0: But that's even but, better, isn't absolutely, it? Absolutely. Yeah.
2: No, I don't necessarily want to agree with it. With and him he the holds the whole no time.
0: punches, apparently.
2: Well, I think that he's um, he's quite rude about some of his ex colleagues. <laughs> Um, not surprisingly, you may you may say because he did have some pretty awful <laughs> colleagues, Mister Mister Johnson. Oh, sorry, careful. Uh, and um, <laughs> Doctor Johnson. But anyway, I'm not really ta- I'm not meant to be talking about the no this other podcast that you don't really want to listen to anyway. But the rest is history. Um, book. Uh, so they've done an official book based on um, lots of interesting anecdotes and stories from history, and I think that um, the two guys, uh, Tom Holland and Dominic Sandberg, they, they do they do they are a great double act actually they do, they do really well and um although i get a bit I get a bit irritated from time to time when they try and shoehorn their adverts in um, by speaking about things that they're talking about Oh, we're staying in this hotel which i'm going to talk about you know that sort of thing um, we well, have got to
0: pay for it somehow uh, yeah, i have got to pay for
2: it somehow um, but we don't have any
0: it's acts. because you give me so many
2: backhanders <laughs> tim <laughs> exactly so there are, the rest is history um I think it's going to be a really interesting book, and I think it, it'll appeal to the people who enjoy enjoy the podcast. And I mean, Dominic has written several um, children's books, actually very good children's books, um, oh. recently, and they're all coming out and paid paperback. Which so that'll be that'll be fun to, to sell those as well. But
0: what's the book about? I mean,
2: what... well, I think it's it's looking at all sorts of things throughout history, sort of interesting little bits that they're interested in. Oh, okay. Uh, and telling telling stories basically, which is what history is is telling stories. I mean, yes, I think that's that's. Um, I'm irritated,
0: but everything's in the present tense now. Do they do that on the podcast? Uh, I don't think they do, but I've got... got Because, because honestly, it drives me insane when you're listening on the radio and they go, and... uh, and he's on his boat going so and so. And I think where where are we talking about? Oh, he was. He went on his boat on the Thames in fourteen hundred and something. Well, I think it's a bit.
2: I don't know. I, I I'm not as I'm not being a writer. I'm less phased by that sort of thing. <laughs> but um, and I don't mind a bit of bit of uh, bit of weird present tense. Um, or is it the past historical? I don't know what I don't, tense is that. Something I never really quite got to grips with at school right. in the first place. So. It's
0: only the confusion of listening. I don't mind it so much in in writing it's not okay. me being particularly sniffy I genuinely get confused when I'm listening to where are we now with the present day or where are we
2: right I suppose, um, I mean, who does it? Who, I mean, Hilary Mantel did it, does it in Wolf Hall, doesn't she?
0: In Wolf Hall, she does. And, and actually, that's fine, because the whole of the book is in the present yeah, tense. Yeah. Um, it's literally no, when, it when makes you up have the tense, historians it's, okay. on the radio. And so you have somebody, the presenter very often. So Melvin Bragg, classically, will still be using the past tense. So oh. he'll say, you know, uh, and Charles the was beheaded, and so his son Charles the Second had a really bad time, didn't he, when he came to the throne? And they will say, he comes back from France. He does. Oh, are we talking about Melvin? Who? <laughs> okay. That fair enough. Go fair on, enough. go on. What paperbacks have we got? Oh, who's that a paperback? That is it. I'm That's not going to talk it. about paperbacks oh. because
2: this is it's it's this is new, big, exciting book time of year. Well, it so, is. Um, the paperbacks—it's not a big time of year for paperbacks. They tend to come out in the summer, so there's a um, so people take them away on their holes, and, and the big books come out now, um, and then the, the the paperbacks of those big books come, you know, sort of mid middle of the summer, um, so people will take them on holes.
0: Well, Tim, I had a really nasty shock yesterday. This has put this into my mind. Oh, dear. Um, A friend said... She was actually talking to other author friends of mine and said, Camilla, who we've had on this programme, Kitty, who we haven't, your books are on one of these awful websites that have got a digital download of the book. So, of course, she then checked and said, Susie, your books are on there as well. So all three of my books are there, free, in inverted commas, for digital download so the authors get nothing zilch the publishers get nothing and what's even worse because her husband works in this sort of field which is why she was onto it is if you click on any of the books for download yes you get them but you are also introduced. the the danger is a lot of malware onto your system
2: okay um, so this is so it's, it's a straightforward Ill- illegal illegal absolutely
0: utterly illegal and apparently they're proliferating so i do warn everybody if you love books come to one tree books or somewhere you trust um because otherwise if you're doing this i mean don't worry about me so much but i feel really bad that somehow i'm unwittingly getting you know it's nothing to do with me my publisher are livid the society of authors livid but every time they close one down another springs up possibly in Russia or somewhere Mm. and paying for the free downloads by whoever it is, by putting malware, putting on your, the malware on your, in, and, and they're computer. presumably paying their their site for it.
2: Mm, anyway, sounds good. Sounds very not bad. good at
0: all. Very bad. So, Tim, I'm over now into reading my extract, which is going to be from uh, the very short story "So Late in the Day" by Claire Keegan, and I think it's because the publisher really wanted her to produce something but as you know she crafts every sentence with such she, precision
2: absolutely she is she is a is a, a kind of um a wielder of a scalpel i think she's not she's not a uh, a broad brush a person she has a very very a, a, pa- a very a paintbrush that's very very thin it's one one hair wide and so she she does it on a very small scale but i think she's um she's absolutely wonderful one of the one of the one of my favorite writers me
0: really. too me too
2: so last, last month I, I told you all about this wonderful event we were doing with William Shaw um, and Simon Toyne and Victoria Selman. Sadly, it had to be postponed. So we're not going to do it until their paperback comes out, which will be, as I said, early in, early in the uh, late spring, early summer. So I'm sorry about that, but we'll have the opportunity to have a really good chat with them then.
0: I think it'd be good. So many people are on holiday, weren't they? But um, probably. And, um, and I will be picking up a new puppy yet another labrador um in october so i shall be full of so you're doing puppy wanting, puppy training puppy training yeah
2: fantastic so as as always you can find um this and then all our older podcasts um from all the usual places where you get your podcasts whether it's spotify or anywhere else and we look forward to seeing you next month
0: lovely thank you tim
2: thank you susie
1: On Petersfield, let's build a band. A beat from Dragon Street, and a snare from the Square. A bass from Penn's Place, a glyph from Liss, and a fill from Bell Hill. Oh, some vocals from us locals, and the Dave Gilmore of Tilmore. Only Petersfield's Shine
2: Radio plays original music from local musicians. The Local Showcase with Mandy
0: P is sponsored by Brickyard Studios. Petersfield's professional recording studio, rehearsal space and PA hire. The Local Showcase, Thursday
2: nights at 9 and always online at shineradio.uk.